0: The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play
1: here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to UUSF.org.
0: Last month, I received my Medicare card in the mail. I sent a picture of it to my sibling saying... It's official, I'm old and no doubt my retirement next June brings up a lot of feelings and memories. October is a time of year when some say the veil between this world and the one beyond grows closer, where the past and the present come together. What I do know is that lately, I find myself taking long walks in the land of memory. My best friend and I are working the Julia Cameron book, It's Never Too Late to Begin Again, or as I call it, The Artist's Way for Retired People. For those not familiar with Julia Cameron and her work, The Artist's Way is a process to explore one's creativity. One exercise is writing your memoir. Cameron offers prompts to help you remember your story. Questions like, describe a location where you remember spending time. What smells do you remember? What do you miss about that time? What was a significant relationship? What was your community? Did you have one? What patterns do you see as you look back on your life? I find the writing a challenge and I'm only up to age 10. Certain memories are vivid and clear. Walks in the fields, skating on Frog Pond. The back seat of the Volkswagen where my brothers and I were crammed in tight. The smell of the leather seats. No seat belts. And then there are the memories I resist to recall. A fight with my best friend the day I learned we were moving to a new town, leaving our church. The feelings still unresolved, raw and real inside me. And then there's the stuff that I just don't remember at all. Memories are powerful. They can set us on our way, and sometimes stop us in our tracks. The key, I think, is to find ways to explore our memories. Look for the signs, symbols, and storylines that can help us to heal. Set us in a new direction. Open our eyes and invite us to live in more fully into our lives. One approach of this kind of exploration is what Julia Cameron calls the artist's date, the artist's date. The artist date is a weekly adventure, a chance to try something new or something old. The artist's date presents an opportunity for synchronicity, connections that invite us to see, experience, see and experience life in new ways. Maybe it's preparing a special meal, buying a new hat, or donning a very special pair of socks from a dear friend. Julie Cameron tells the story of David, a retired doctor who uncovered a memory about a chocolate muffin and the bakery where he and his old friend would meet during their medical school days. His recollection brought him back to the bakery, still open after all these years. And there was the chocolate muffin. David reached out to his friend, having not spoken in close to 30 years, sharing the story, and soon they reconnected. What a gift it was to find someone whom I'd once had so much in common with and to learn that we still had worlds to talk about, past and present, we were still so connected. My recent experience with synchronicity didn't take 30 years, it just took a little over three. Back in 2018, I stumbled upon an exhibit at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. The artist was Etel Adnan. I didn't know her work, but I was immediately drawn in. The paintings were bright, colorful, atmospheric, simple geometric shapes that evoked a sense of place, a sun, a mountain, a moon, a river, an ocean. The same shapes used repeatedly, but each painting revealed something familiar and at the same time a place unknown and mysterious. The paintings had no titles. I couldn't place myself, but the paintings invited me in. I traveled across the hills and the mountains. I traipsed the seashore and I sat quietly staring up into the sky above. The gallery was abuzz, but I I was absorbed in the paintings, a, a feeling of solitude that was tender and timeless. I felt an immediate connection to the artist. I snapped a picture of one of the paintings, eager to remember the moment, and then I forgot all about it. Three years went by. The Medicare card came. I was working on my memoir. Autumn was in the air, and I was scheduled to preach. I turned to one of my favorite blogs, Brain Pickings, for inspiration, and I typed the word memory into the search engine, and up popped Etel Adnan. The post was a review of Adnan's book, Night, a collection of prose, poetry, and meditations. Wait, wait, is this the same Atel Adnan, the painter? And in a flash, I searched out the painting on my phone and once again found myself inside the landscape, reliving the memory. Synchronicity, that beguiling guide was busy at work. Adnan writes that the mind, like the distant stars, is a mysterious place, complex and deserving of deep exploration. Memory for Adnan is a way to quiet what she calls the maddening effects of the constant present. If we didn't remember, she writes, then who would we be? Atel Adnan is now 96 years old. She grew up in Beirut, Lebanon and went on to study in Paris. She returned to the Mideast and worked as a journalist before moving to California in 1958 to teach philosophy at Dominican College. It was here that she began her painting career. The biographer, Kayleen Wilson-Goldie writes, one could argue that for six decades, Adnan has been painting the same places over and over again. The Greek city of Smyrna, where her parents lived before she was born, which burned to the ground. Beirut, a city of gardens in her youth, later destroyed by war. Baghdad, her vision of Arab modernity in the mid to late 18th, 20th century. Paris and Mount Tamalpais that she described as her best friend. Painting gave her a way to see the world afresh, explore the many places she had known lost and struggled to accept. Was it synchronicity that led me back to Atel Adnan? I don't know, but finding her again at this moment in time has felt like a talisman to me. Her paintings and writings have prompted me to look back in time and search out the signs and symbols, the stories and patterns that have guided me and the ones that have held me back. We all have a personal geography, those places and times we return to again and again some poignant, some painful, some powerful, some we would rather leave behind. Anand's paintings and poetry show a way to work with our personal geography, literally make something of it. I come to think of her process as a kind of map making a unique cartography that details the stories of our lives, the places where we've come from, where we found ourselves, where we got lost, where we took a risk, where we made connections and found community. Photographers, photog- photographs are another way to map our stories and explore personal geography. The British photographer Sarah Wheel's series, Furloughed Friendships, was a personal project undertaken during lockdown where windows featured prominently. Severed from the outside world and from Wheel herself, her subjects exist in a space of insurmountable isolation. The transparent window becomes a divider. Its reflectiveness serves to remind us of this separation. However, wheel also captures the way people are living with novel relationships on their side of the glass. Her subjects' gesture and contact and their subjects' gestures and contacts speak to their connectedness, even as their gaze is directed toward the viewer, and this reflects one dynamic of the lockdown. While the word lockdown evokes isolation writer Elijah Teitelbaum observes, it is possible that in the future it will be placed within the larger narrative that emphasizes closeness. This is not to say that we will have warm feelings about lockdown, but rather that we may come to ascribe an important value to these experiences. We must embrace the fact that our memory is informed by what we care about in the present. As we reflect on our present experiences, we do well to consider how our hardship will become meaningful in the future and for whom. Maybe that is what Adnan was getting at when she talked about the maddening effects of the constant present. The lockdown and isolation sent many of us in search of memories that conjured feelings of connection and community. The maps we turned to, poems or paintings, photographs, stories of socks, hearty soups, or a search for a straw hat evoked memories of times past where we grew close together, closer to the spirit that moves in us, closer to the breathtaking beauty that surrounds us. It begins with the breath, writes the poet, Joy Harjo. When we take in our first breath, it is a promise to take on this human story, a story that has dimension in time and place. Breath is our entrance into story-making. It is a promise. It is a constant ritual that we all share From the first breath to our last, we are creating our maps, which give shape and direction to our journey here on Earth. Place, she continues, is central to identity, to the imagery and shape of our poetry, of our lives, I would say. Place can be a field of stories, a family, a constellation, each intricately connected, a place where there is movement in nearly every direction. This is what I am learning about memory, that it is not fixed, not a coordinate, not an X that marks the spot, never to be moved. Mapping our memories opens the landscape. We search out the signs and the symbols that illuminate our way, bring healing, clarity, inspiration, courage, and synchronicity. Our stories unfurl, stretching across time. Etel Adnan often painted using a leporello uh, whose pages unfold like an accordion. She used the leporello to paint the story of Mount Tamalpais. Her images show the shifts and shapes of light and shadow, the many, many moods of the mountain. Each page reflecting the relationship between place and one's connection to it. A story that is constantly unfolding. On a starless night in Maine, Wendy and I are wrapped in winter woolens we carry a sculpture made from a shoebox covered in tinfoil. On top, we've inserted 21 white dinner candles. We are marking time and making ritual. It is the winter solstice. We make our way out the door, trudging through the soft snow to Stanhenge. A low rock table my father, Stanley, built which sits on the east-west axis. The Gentle snow falls around us. The night sky is a dusty black. The tidal river is frozen over. We can see the ice stretch out before us. The trees stand, watch. The only sound is our laughter as we light the candles. My father lifts his camera, and in an instant, the moment becomes a cherished memory. I close my eyes, and I see it. The dome of candlelight, the blanket of snow, the sharp edge of the ice, the towering trees, my father's face as he lifts the camera to capture the moment. Oh, that memory, it lives on and carries me through. Growing memories is a skill that allows us to access eternity, the poet wrote. Let us walk this land together, map our stories. Follow the signs that will lead us to the distant stars and back again. Remember, we are part of that great unfolding. Let's not forget.
1: A few weeks ago, as I pulled my rental car alongside a brick covered driveway, I thought, this neighborhood hasn't changed a bit big California ranch home set back from the street, almost all of them modified in some way to add a extra room or a floor, all landscaped to within an inch of their lives, but in a way that blends everything together into one big botanical garden. Palm fronds here, birds of paradise there, and nestled between the brilliant lilies and bougainvillea, The bay alarm signs, tastefully framed, and not a person in sight. There's never one, there's never anyone in sight in these neighborhoods, I think. I think that's the agreement. The homes are meant to be encountered, but not the people living inside of them. And in the quiet, behind the chirping birds and rustling branches, the ever-present of a Southern California freeway, always there. As I walked toward Joel and Joanne's home, just steps away, with every step I took, years unfolded. He was not my father, I thought, as I remembered that moment so many years ago. But we, we both knew then, and I know in this moment, that he gave me a father's gift a great gift, unconditional, unreserved love. If you have to leave Richard, he said, then leave. If your life's not working, then go make it work. It doesn't mean that you can't come back. And so I did leave and I'm here, I'm back again. He taught me so much about moving through life that being authentically myself, an out, proud, smart, gay man, wouldn't mean that my problems were over. Oh, they, they would just be beginning. Life has a lot in store, I would learn. Twists and turns, we call them. The leopard never changes its spots, he used to tell me. I saw him betrayed by his closest friends and cheated by others. And I put him on a pedestal and wanted to blame him for all my troubles. But then when my own father died, he honored him with a gift made in my father's honor to his favorite charity. Joel, you weren't perfect, but who is? And you always told me that I could be anything I wanted to be. Something that I heard constantly in my own home But you know, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time believing things family tells me up until the point when I hear someone else who isn't family tell me that same thing. So three memories. One, you loved costume parties. And two, when you rediscovered your faith and traditions, we celebrated Passover together. And finally, as I As I hear you eulogized, your wife, Joanne, reminds me that you loved clothes. And of course, we both shared a love of a well-cut piece of cloth. And in a special touch, she mentions that she has hundreds of pairs of your socks, some new, some worn, and that she would be donating them to a local charity. And if we wanted something to remember you by, we could take a pair with us. So as I kissed Joanne goodbye and hugged former coworkers, there they were, laid out perfectly, just as I know you'd look. And in their colors, you came to me, your colors, autumn greens, purples, and tans. I saw you in those colors, and I took a pair that I'm wearing today. Joel, thank you for loving me in the way you did. Thank you for seeing me for who I am and for being my boss and my friend. Thank you for the memories, both sweet and bitter. And most of all, thank you for the socks.